0: Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast has been brought to you by France and Bank and Trust. And welcome back to the Star Tribune's Talking Preps Podcast. I'm David LeVake with Jim Paulson. Uh, let's jump into talking games. We have the opportunity. Let's not squander it. Jim, you got a uh, I don't know, front row seat, courtside seat, or some, you're up somewhere in the stands perhaps, but you got to see the Hopkins girls juggernaut and uh, your impressions uh, we're not subtle. <laughs> Tell us no, what no, you thought of
1: that team. You know, they lose the best player in high school basketball, girls high school basketball last year in the nation. They lose their head coach, and nobody worked hard and worried more than Brian Cosgrave. And they come back this year, and I think they're better than last year. They were with with they've got six or seven girls in their rotation that are just an elite group of girls. They're athletic and they're quick and they're competent. And, you know, they beat Wysetta, uh, 102 52. And for the past three years or so, I would say that Hopkins YZ girls basketball rivalry has probably been the most intense basketball rivalry in the Metro. And I, that's boys or girls. I've covered a number of those games and it gets pretty wild and Hopkins or YZ was a team that could actually stick with, uh, with Hopkins, but man, it was, it was a route from the get go. And Hopkins coach, the new coach, Tara Stark, says that that's, they can be so much better than they are. That's scary. I mean, this is a team that can go inside, outside, can shoot it. And when you say they're athletic, you tend to get this image in your mind of a team or a player or whatever who runs fast and jumps high. And while that's part of it, there's so much more to that, their athleticism. And that's their ability to quickly and decisively make plays. You know, when whereas some teams might get their hand on a, on a pass, a ball in the middle of the lane, the Hopkins girls not only get their hand on it, they actually intercept it and turn it into offense at the other end. They can go up and elevate in the lane in traffic and score. And they, they can turn the you know, uh, uh, go around people. They can catch a ball and they don't have to set themselves to make a return pass. They can catch it with one hand and fire a pass across the lane to somebody else. They, The things that the Hopkins girls can do are a lot of things that no other girls' basketball team in this state can do, and I'm I'm comfortable in saying that I will be stunned if all things being equal and without injuries or anything like that, if Hopkins loses a game this year because that's how dominant
0: that team looks. So given your experience watching that team, I'm curious what stamp Tara Starks is putting on it that's different from Cosgriff, what, what do you see as far as? Because I've never thought that Cosgriff is any sort of old codger. I mean, I thought that his teams, you know, played you know with a good tempo and things. Uh, but what is what is Tara maybe unlocking that that um, that is is bringing Hopkins to the level that you're raving about?
1: Well, Tara starts and Byron Cosgriff were very close. I mean, she's had a long time history with uh, the Hopkins program before she got hired. I mean, she coaches a lot of these girls in AAU basketball and in, in summer workouts, and she knows these players inside and out. Um, if anything, I would say the players are a year more mature and she's allowing them to be themselves on the court. Um, one thing last year, I think about this in the preview the uh, start of the week, um, Paige Beckers was kind of a a security blanket for that team. There are a lot of young players, and if they got into a trouble situation or they got discombobulated or things weren't working out for them, they could always had Paige to be their get-out-of-jail-free card to, to right the ship and put them back where they needed to go. They don't have Paige this year, but their maturity and Tara Stark's willingness to allow everybody to be themselves and to showcase what they can do, I think, is what makes them so spectacular they're not selfish but last night's game sure seemed like it was exactly what I just said a showcase where almost like they're going to one-up each other Maya Naji makes a great catch and and goes up and scores inside then Liv McGill a freshman who got transferred from Park Center goes and makes a steal goes coast to coast and makes a reverse layup and then you know Maya Battle drives down breaks down a player and hits a pull-up jumper and and Taylor Woodson rips down a rebound and takes a step inside and finishes. There's just so many players that can do so many good things. One of those players on other teams makes them a much better team. Hopkins got six or seven of them. It's it's kind of unfair, really, how good they are and how much talent that team has.
0: Well, I wonder, you said it wasn't just, a, you know, an all-star game. It was, you said there was some substance that went with it because, you know, this is a team that has designs on playing all the way to this championship game, uh, you need to be able to grind out some games um, as well. You need to be able, you need to be willing to, to, to put your own um, abilities to the side for, for the betterment of, of what's needed for a particular game. Do you get the sense that they have the ability to, to, to get into that grinded out mode when the, when the games get tighter, the possessions get more valuable and the defense gets tighter as you go forward in the season? Oh, I absolutely do
1: because there's not one or two players that they lean on. There's not one or two aspects of their game that is needed or necessary for them to be successful. They can do things on so many different levels. They can run, they can play a half court, they can break people down at the dribble, they can shoot from outside, they can press, they can play half court defense. There's just, there's, it's kind of like there's so, it's hard to break down, hard for them to have a bad game it would take so many different aspects of their game to falter at the same time for them to actually have a, a close tight game I think and you could have a game where they don't shoot well and they'll still score 80 points because they can get to the basket you can have a game where they they may not play defense as well as they'd like to uh, and let another team score a little bit from outside and they don't and I know that would bother bother Terra starts a lot if that was the case but they can still outscore you um, and there's you know they can if you can't shoot from outside, they can get inside. If you can't shoot guard inside, they can shoot outside. There's just too many areas for them. There's too many successful areas for them, for me to think that they're going to have any one game that's going to be a grinded-out nail-biter. Um, now, maybe a team, of opposing team, if they try to control the tempo and, and take the air out of the ball, uh, which can happen, um, you might see something like that happen for a half. But there's just too much talent and too much basketball moxie and ability on that team for me to think that that would last for an entire game. So, yeah, I think they'll be able to handle anything another team throws at them.
0: Hopkins transition. Well, transitions. Well, the great teams do. We, however, sometimes do not, I'll think it's time to move on to something else and you'll have a, Oh, one more thing. So before I move on, anything else on Hopkins?
1: <laughs> no, that's, 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 I think we've talked a lot of Hopkins. I've written a lot of Hopkins. as has some people that kind of get, uh, a little Hopkins weary once in a while. So we'll just end it right there and and we'll move forward.
0: All right. Well, I have a, just a twinkle toe of a transition to, to utilize. So Hopkins is a team that could be playing all the way to the state tournament. We learned uh, on what day of the week is Wednesday. So on Monday uh, we learned through the uh, Minnesota state high school league executive, uh, the executive committee of their board of directors, they were on the phone for four, for four and a half hours uh, hashing out a variety of topics, uh, one of which was getting down to the nitty-gritty of winter state tournament dates and formats. Um, I want to say at the outset that nothing is finalized and you need to be flexible as we go forward. Um, but we're getting a lot closer to what the high school league hopes to be able to do if there isn't some sort of Armageddon-level Outbreak uh, of COVID nineteen. Uh, was wondering if you saw that and, and uh, what yeah. what caught caught your eye and, and what you what you uh, what kind of feedback you have on their planning thus far.
1: Well, clearly there's still some things to be hatched out, but I thought the fact that they're going to try to have all the state tournaments, at least the basketball, the hockey tournaments, in the same two week window is notable. And that two week window is uh, a little later in the year than it normally has been. It's in late March, maybe even early April. Um, so that. Stands out to me, and clearly, while they're going to try to have the hockey tournaments at the X, can't imagine it's going to be anywhere near the type of madhouse it is. Um, And uh, I'm wondering how we're going to fit people into all the venues. Are we going to have individual teams are playing more at home? Is it going to be a a high seed type of thing? Those those things. But I, I I thought it was interesting that they're trying to fit everything into the same two week window. Um, That'll be that'll be. Difficult to say at best because that's China. That's a pretty logistical
0: nightmare right there. And we're not. Yeah, even some of those yeah we were wondering about that. I and mean, how are they going to pull off hockey, for example? And and I was thinking, okay, do you have to alternate people early, this, earlier that week, alternate boys and girls at TRIA playing simultaneously with the other gender at the X? I mean, how, how do you, how in the world do you do this? And what we found out is, uh, no, uh, it's, 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 it's all going to be, you know, we're going to bump the girls' quarterfinals probably to the week before, and that's how they're going to pull it off. So, uh, you know, just just really interesting, really creative. And I think that no matter how you slice it, I think that the, the bottom line is, is that the high school league, uh, they, they knew that, that they didn't want to repeat what that happened in the fall where they ruled out state tournaments from the jump. They wanted to keep the possibility alive as long as possible, and they wanted to work toward... They weren't just hoping they were working toward putting something together. And and it's, uh, it's gotta be, uh, you know, comforting. It's gotta be uh, something that brings a lot of energy to 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 teams throughout sports that, that yes, we are, they are, the high school league is still, the commitment is still there and they're getting closer to having something together.
1: You know, humor me on this one. What maybe I'm just dense and not my wife would say, it's not a, maybe it's a definite, but what am I missing about why we need to have them all in the same two week window? is it, we, we couldn't continue to have them on a week and every week basis or maybe condense the entire tournament and but why do we need to have all the sports in that sense
0: well uh i guess i haven't really pondered that i and, and there wasn't a um aha sort of answer that that anybody at the high school he gave um other than i mean you've got to think about venue availability um I've got to think about creating a situation to allow as many regular season games and a condensed season as possible. So maybe those were some of those were the timing factors, um, but they they didn't really say, you know, why, why are you, do we need to do this? How, when we're doing it, it wasn't laid out as clearly, but my assumption is those reasons might be factors.
1: I, I was thinking that maybe, I mean, I know that they want to use the X um, for hockey and right. Obviously, I I can't imagine they're going to be allowing any sort of anything near a full house. Even the State Department of Health isn't going to allow that. So maybe it's good to have the X. While it seems like a big cavernous arena, it'll allow for more um, social distancing for people that can be there. Maybe they could have more people in there than than they originally thought because you'll have room to be socially distant. So that that could be a positive. Um, But does make me wonder if if we is there something to be gained about putting this all in the same two-week window that I'm I'm missing and I'm sure there is I'm <laughs> just curious what that is somebody help me out here tell me what uh, what what's what's uh what I'm
0: missing um, anyway but it's yeah good. I, I don't know what the answer to that is out there but yeah I, I just I'm, I'm excited for the coaches and the players I, I think it gives everything that you're doing that extra uh level of, I don't like the word legitimacy but that's the best word I can come up with something that that you, you can work toward that's tangible rather than just well we'll we'll be a finalist or we'll be a we'll, we'll win our section or whatever the, you know we called it in the fall I, I like the idea that you know yes we're going to play down to a champion if we can if we have any say in the matter so that that the energy and, and all everything that brings I think is a good thing
1: It brings immediacy and it brings energy and a purpose to. Yeah. It. And any game that are played. And if you're not going to play to anything, they seem like they're just exhibition games. Um, and, and I think it, it loses a lot of its, its significance if you're not playing down to some sort of championship. Have that back just makes the tournament, just makes the
0: season all that more meaningful. I agree. I agree. So I'm excited about that. You know, maybe you can help me with this one because I've gotten some questions. You know, we spent a lot of time talking uh, in, in the story I wrote um, for uh, Tuesday's paper about, um, well, actually, excuse me, that was today's paper. Today, it came out today. That was yesterday. A meeting was yesterday. I said Monday. Holy cow. The weeks, you know, they tend, the days tend to run together. I'm sorry. Um yeah. But, you know, we talked mostly about hockey and basketball because they draw what they do and, and, and there was a little bit more uh, specifics put out there. But you get questions, of what about gymnastics? And what about wrestling? And so I wanted to kind of get your take on gymnastics because what I recall, the kind of the vision they were describing and, and the, one of the challenges as they think about the logistics is maybe you take, um, you know, four teams at a time uh, and, and have them all start on different apparatuses and 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 they do their thing on that one apparatus, and then they rotate, um, and and then those four teams are done and go out. And it and it re- the idea is is it reduces the amount of times you have to clean the apparatuses between performances, and just you know makes the meet you know, gives gives you more opportunity to get more done in a in a day or, or whatever time you have with a particular venue. Um, I've not covered the gymnastic state meet. Does does this make sense, or or is it am I am I? You know, not talking about this quite in the way it, 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 it should uh, look like.
1: From a team standpoint, are you saying that the teams, each team will come in, bring four teams in, they'll do the rotation of all four apparatuses, each taking turn, then leave, and then four more teams will come in and they'll do their? Um,
0: that's. I think I got that right. Uh, and I, I'm, I, hopefully, if you're listening to this and you're a gymnastics enthusiast, I, I'm not trying to lead you astray. Uh, all of this is is tentative anyway. But yeah, I think that is the right idea. The idea that you just have those four teams, and then you would have to clean it once, and then you could bring the other four in, and then you you keep the pods of competitors lower um, as well, uh, and, and keep that more manageable and, and more and a potentially more safe. I, I think that's the idea.
1: I think that I think that could be done. I think the biggest issue with the gymnastics and the wrestling meet as well are how you manage the individual portion of the tournament. Um, the yeah. team portions of the team portions of both tournaments are you no know, easy to figure out. Much easier. There, there's still you know uh, busy times, but so when you get to the individual uh, tournaments for both uh, gymnastics and wrestling and and swimming too, that it becomes difficult because you've got. In- and their coaches and going all over the place from one mat to the other, from one, one apparatus to the other, some competing on all apparatus and gymnastics, some only on one, you know, it, it, that, that is the real logistical issue that I think the state, the state high school league is going to have how, how to manage an individual tournament and keep people socially distance, um, keep things clean, keep things, um, uh, the protocol, uh, in, in place, um, that, that's their biggest challenge. But I think what you said is gymnastics. I think, I think that could work. Uh, I could even see them trying to do two teams at a time. Um, let them come in and do their times on their apparatus and, and uh, then two more teams. I, I, I think that keeping them separate makes sense. Man, oh man,
0: <laughs> we're going to do anything with gymnastics and wrestling individuals. Right. Yeah. I, I just yeah. It's they're working hard on it. It's it's not easy. The logistics are going to be a challenge. It's not going to look like traditional state tournament. But I think that you know, and and we even get into well, what becomes of the spectators? I mean, yes, there's there's the limits, but you know, what if you have to limit it further? You know, to pull off a wrestling individual, uh, the individual portion of the meet. You know, do do you have to, you know, take away the spectators there? Or, or it's, there's there's a lot to still be hammered out timeline wise. Um, Bob Madison, the associate director of the high school league, who seems to be uh, kind of coordinating and quarterbacking this rather um, by the end of next week, the week of January 25th. And then you've got the, the uh, maybe you can get some approval uh, by the board of directors at the uh, February 4th meeting. So we're going to know very soon what the attempt is going to look like. And then we're going to hope cross our fingers that, that everyone is doing the right things with the protocols uh, masking up and, and taking care of themselves, so that we don't have an outbreak that that throws all of this in the trash, you know.
1: And the one thing that, that to single out say is that the high school league isn't making these decisions on their own. They've got input from the uh, advisory committees and coaches' associations, trying to help solve the problem as well. So any um, decisions they come up to are come to are going to come with uh, the uh, approval of uh, the sports themselves i know that there are people that that love to take shots at the high school league and say they're not doing this right or not doing that right but believe me they're they're doing their due diligence they're checking with the right people and any decisions they make i'm, I'm confident in saying that will be uh, satisfactory for
0: everybody involved yeah you do have to applaud the effort on this it's a massive undertaking um and they're, they're trying, they're, they're trying. And it's not just, they're not, like I said, they're not hoping hopes, not a strategy. They've had the state tournament roadmap that they had out there. They're, they're you know seeking input and, and, and trying to get whatever done they can to, to make some semblance of a state tournament happen. So that, that's exciting. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else uh, in the wide world of prep sports uh, this afternoon that we didn't get to I th- a lot more to come on this topic, but anything we missed at all?
1: Well, not not nothing that really jumps out at me. And let's save a little bit of hockey and basketball and other sports for next week.
0: Yeah, yeah, they'll have more to come, and, and there's going to be. I'll, I'll tease to next week's uh, podcast. We're, we'll be, we'll be talking masks. Uh, we 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 saw some some smart, responsible things in the in the early goings of the of the winter sports season, and we saw some things that the high school league acknowledges they need to to uh, screws they need to tighten, things they need to clean up a little bit uh, as they try to keep kids safe and and keep everyone moving toward the state tournament that they're trying to create state tournaments that they're trying to uh, maintain. So we'll we'll have more to say on that next Thursday. So be sure to come back, uh, listen in, and, and thank you very much for joining us today and stay safe out there, everybody.